Hello and welcome to another episode of the It's a Crime O'Clock Somewhere podcast. This is episode 8. Today I will be talking about the 2009 Taconic State Parkway crash and the HBO documentary There's Something Wrong with Aunt Diane that was released in 2011. This is a very popular case, but I decided to do it. Diane Schuler was born in 1973. She had three older brothers and she was the only girl. When Diane was nine, her mother Elaine left the family. According to Daniel, her husband, it was really hard on her, and she never reconciled with her mom like her brothers did. Diane was 36 years old when she died. Next, I'm going to go through a timeline of the events of Sunday, July 26, 2009. The Schuler family had gone camping at the Hunter Lake Campground in Parksville, New York. In the documentary, they said the drive back home was only supposed to be about 45 minutes. Daniel, Diane's husband, left in his car with their dog, and Diane had her two-year-old daughter, Erin, five-year-old son, Brian, and her three nieces, eight-year-old Emma, seven-year-old Allison, and five-year-old Kate. These were the daughters of her brother, Warren Hans. They all left the campground at 9.30 a.m. The owner of the campground, Ann Scott, said Diane appeared sober, and they all waved goodbye to her. Danny was parked up in front. And he had the dog, and he had the truck, and she was right behind him in the van. And the kids were just yelling. They were all strapped in their seats and yelling what a good time they had, because they were up visiting with Aunt, you know, Diane and so forth. So I kind of leaned, and I said, oh, I hear you yelling. I said, did you have a good time? And they go, yeah, we're coming back. You know, they were so excited about coming back. And uh, that was about the last thing they said. I said to Diane, have a safe trip home. She certainly seemed sober to me. When we left the campground, we left together. At 9.56 a.m., Diane took the kids to McDonald's in Liberty, New York. Investigators from the Liberty Station were able to obtain a video from the McDonald's, which was time-stamped. Showed Diane Schuler enter McDonald's with the children. We additionally interviewed the McDonald's employee who served her. He said that he did remember her and did not remember her being intoxicated or smelling of alcohol. The children were playing in the playground. They seemed to be having a good time. Through this video, we saw no obvious signs of intoxication. At 10.46 a.m., Diane and her red minivan are seen pulling up to the Seneco gas station. Diane is seen walking inside and wanted to buy some kind of pain medication, but the store didn't have it. There's the Sunoco video where you see her at the pump getting out of the car, and then she uh, goes in uh, at the gas station. Then she goes in and apparently asks for some sort of pain meds, which they don't have. She walked in, spoke to the clerk. We don't know what was said. There's no audio. 
and walked out um, with nothing. Around 11 a.m., Diane left the gas station and pulled on to Route 17 and Interstate 86. Diane had started to drive erratically at this point. Many witnesses said she was tailing them, zigzagging between lanes, and even honking. At 11.37 a.m., Diane called her brother Warren and said they were running late. At around 12.30 p.m., Diane pulled on into the Ramapo service area. Witnesses Francis and Jean Bagley said Diane looked like she was going to vomit. She had apparently been seen hunched over like she was going to throw up. Coming down the throughway, going to the rest area, I thought we passed her. She pulled out and got right behind us. And she was, I mean, so close to me, I couldn't see her headlights. And then the next thing you know, you started hearing the horn beeping. <laughs> It made me nervous. In fact, I braced myself for an accident because I thought she was so close behind us. Well, the way she was driving, I thought she was, you know, just some sort of nut coming behind me. And then when she tried to pass me again on the shoulder, that's when I really thought it. And then she just pulled right back in behind me. The honking happened as we were getting off the exit for the throughway into the rest area. We stayed straight, which went into the car lane, and she veered off into the truck area. And I did see her open the door, get out of the car, and possibly she was going to get sick. At 12.55 p.m., a wrong number was dialed on Diane's phone. At 1.01 p.m., Warren called Diane after she hung up on him after two minutes. Diane's niece, Emma, then called her dad and said, there's something wrong with Aunt Diane. She had apparently said she was having a hard time talking and seeing. Warren told Diane to pull over and that he was coming to get them. Diane did pull over to the Tappan Zee Bridge, but then left, leaving her cell phone on the side of the road. At 1.33 p.m., the 911 calls began. My name is Brad Kishinich. I'm actually trying to help a friend right now. Their children are on their way home from a camping trip with their aunt. They just called uh, my friend's house, distressed, saying that the aunt is driving erratically. They're at a rest center. The best they can understand is that they were in Tarrytown or Sleepy Hollow. Those were the signs that they saw. Okay. Um, the aunt isn't picking up the cell phone right now. No kind of car they're in? Yeah, they're in a minivan. It's red, and it has a ski rack on it. Jackie couldn't, she's flipping out. She can't remember her license plate number. Hey, police, that one. Hey, police, you got a northbound to Connick. There's a minivan in the right lane going southbound. 70 miles an hour because it was speeding right by. Dead pin straight, that like pin straight. Wasn't doing this, was dead pin straight. Right after it happened, that's when I called 911. State police 911. Yeah, you got a guy driving south on a northbound Taconic Parkway. Ooh, my on, I was in the left lane. Uh, I just played Pleasantville Road. He's going like a bat out of hell. He should be already on the same parkway right now. It's a minivan. Diane was reported to be driving around 70 to 75 miles per hour. At 1.35 p.m., she hit another car head-on. It was a 2004 Chevrolet Trailblazer. 
It killed the men inside, 81-year-old Michael Bastardi, 49-year-old Guy Bastardi, and 74-year-old Daniel Longo. Diane, Aaron, Kate, Allison, and Emma also died. The only survivor was 5-year-old Brian. He was underneath the rest of the children, who were piled on top of each other. Brian did suffer from broken bones and a severe head injury. He is now suffering from oculus motor nerve palsy, meaning it affects the movement in his right eye. He has undergone surgery and does daily exercises. Many witnesses tried to help that day after seeing the collision. They said that the car was smoking. They also found a broken vodka bottle from Diane's car. The men who tried to assist said that many people tried taking pictures of the victims that day and they tried to stop it at all costs. Now this is the part of the documentary where Diane's character is brought into question. The Westchester County Medical Examiner found that Diane's blood alcohol content was 0.19. She also had high levels of THC in her system. According to Betsy Spratt, a director of toxicology, some psychological effects that happen if your BAC is between 0.11 to 0.19 are reaction time, gross motor control, slurred speech, loss of consciousness, and memory blackout. Mixed with marijuana, it could make the effects even worse. It has been suggested that Diane had consumed alcohol and marijuana about 20 minutes to an hour before her death. An alcoholic. She rarely had a drink. She got in the van with the children and what should have taken a 35 minute drive took almost four hours. Listen to this. I go to bed every night knowing my heart is clear. She did not drink. She's not an alcoholic. Listen to all that. She is not an alcoholic. And my heart is rested every night when I go to bed. Something medically had to happen. My name, my Jay Schuler. I'm married to Danny's brother, Jimmy Schuler. Diane was my sister-in-law. Family was the most important thing to her, to have the cousins all playing together. There is no way she would ever jeopardize the children. Throughout this whole documentary, Daniel and Jay, Diane's sister-in-law, were trying to get a new autopsy done to prove that Diane wasn't a drunk. Anytime Daniel was asked about the vodka bottle, he said that he and Diane had it at the, at the campground and had a drink together. Diane didn't drink a lot, but did it from time to time, and she also would smoke weed to help her sleep. There were many witnesses that said Diane didn't appear intoxicated when they left the campground and McDonald's. Daniel believes that Diane had gotten a stroke. She had been struggling with tooth and mouth pain weeks before her death. The autopsy had stated that she didn't suffer from a stroke, aneurysm, or heart attack. Diane's autopsy findings were upheld in 2010. The on-screen text at the end said, Daniel still wants to conduct a second autopsy, but has been unable to secure the necessary permissions to exhume Diane's body. In the film, many people of the Bastardi family have issues with Daniel denying that Diane didn't drink or use drugs that day. They said they just wanted the truth. On December 10, 2009, they filed a lawsuit against Diane and her brother Warren, who owned the red minivan. The lawsuit was for wanton, willful, and reckless conduct. The lawsuit was dropped. In July 2011, Jackie Hance, Warren's wife and the mother of the three girls, filed a lawsuit against Daniel. The lawsuit was eventually dropped, but it said that the girls suffered terror and fear of impending death. All in all, this is a very sad case. Do I think Diane was drunk? Yes, but it's strange that the witnesses said she didn't appear drunk. When did she start drinking and how much did she drink to affect this many people in their families? 
Why won't Daniel just admit what the autopsy clearly shows? I think for me, I had the most problems with Daniel. Of course, he doesn't want to say, yes, my wife was drunk and caused so many people pain. But at the same time, he needs to come to terms with it because there are so many people who are helping him get those answers. He also has Brian to take care of now and he needs to be the best for him. Again, I want to remember the victims of this crash killed by 36-year-old Diane Schuler, Michael and Guy Bastardi, Daniel Longo, Aaron Schuler, Kate Allison, and Emma Hans. Brian Schuler, the sole survivor, is doing well is, and is in counseling. My sources for today's episode were, of course, There's Something Wrong with Aunt Diane documentary, which you can find on HBO Max, Wikipedia, The New York Times, and I Can't Believe It's Nonfiction.com. As usual, you can find my sources in the show notes. My book recommendation for this week is The Open House by Sam Carrington. Summary. Everyone's welcome, but not everyone leaves. Nick and Amber Miller are splitting up and selling their Devon family home. But despite the desirable location, the house isn't moving. Not a single viewing so far. When their estate agent suggests an open house event, Amber agrees, even as she worries about their gossiping neighbors attending and snooping around their home. But Amber has more to worry about than nosy neighbors, because 13 people enter her house that afternoon and only 12 leave. Someone doesn't want the house to sell and is willing to do anything to stop it. Review. Um, It wasn't my favorite of the books that I've read and recommended, but I did like it. It has many twists and turns, a broken marriage, and secrets. I love a good mystery or thriller, obviously, where I'm constantly guessing what the big secret or twist is at the end, and I was definitely surprised by it. I give it an 8 out of 10. I hope hope you all liked today's episode. If so, please give me a 5-star review on Apple Podcasts, or you can email me now at itscrimeoclocksomewhereblogpod at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at It's Crime O'Clock Somewhere blog pod and please subscribe to my blog. I'll see you again next week and remember, It's Crime O'Clock Somewhere.